Imagine consuming 31 real whole fruits and vegetables every day. More nutrients from fruits and veggies can help our bodies with energy levels, strengthening our immune system, and so much more. Balance of Nature has taken 31 real fruits and veggies and powdered them into capsules locking in maximum nutrition. Try Balance of Nature with 35% off any Frisk preferred order, plus free shipping with promo code YES. Just go to balanceofnature.com and enter promo code YES to get 35% off. Give your body the natural boost it needs with Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, promo code YES for 35% off. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Good afternoon and welcome into the Stochastic.com MMA strategy shows. We're here to get you ready for UFC Vegas number 64, which goes down on a Saturday inside the UFC Apex there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, of course, if you just look at the fight card, you know it's an Apex card. We, we know how these things roll. Of course, uh, next week's a big one, the pay-per-view. But we're going to break down UFC Vegas 64. Of course, as always, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. We're going to talk about some of this Prize Pick prop later on the show which based on our pre-show meeting i think my guy pete rogers jr aka the fighter is going to disagree with one of the props that i like over there but we'll get into that as we go on how you doing bro how's it going what's going on uh what's up everybody um you know we have an interesting main event and outside of that some you know low level fights but it is what it is another week i feel like i've been saying that a lot um, maybe we're, sp- we're so spoiled with pay-per-view or perhaps it's just the UFC level in 2022 is not what it used to be. Um, I don't know. I sound like a purist it's fights. There's money to be made. There's DraftKings tournaments to take down. So, uh, we're here to try to do so. A big main event in, in the females uh, division here between Maria Rodriguez and, and Amanda Lemos. Let me see if me, and you are on the same, same wavelength. Oh boy. My number two fight on this car. To me, it's Marco Madsen versus Grant Dawson. Mm, yeah, I, I I do like that one. I actually like the co-main event a decent amount. So uh, I will say that's my third one. But yeah, those are the three fights that I really like. Yeah, but of course, we're going to break this one down for you. Of course, be sure to smash that thumbs up button. That does help us out a ton. Of course, if you're not subscribed to Stochastic right here on YouTube, be sure to do that. Hit that notification bell so you know when a show is live here on the channel. Of course, coming up after us will be the NHL Strategy Show. Plus, we got you covered for NFL coverage, NBA coverage, MLB coverage, whatever DFS coverage you need. We have got you covered here at Stochastic.com. And if you ever miss uh, our show here, you can check it out, part of the podcast network. Of course, most of our all, most of our programming is available on the podcast channel, so be sure to check that. And also, like help you guy Jason and Pete out over there. Hit that five star review on the Stochastic MMA podcast channel. Definitely would appreciate that five star rating review. That helps out a lot as well. But uh, let's get right into this one, Pete. Main event is Marina Rodriguez taking on Amanda Lemos. Uh, Marina Rodriguez, a slight betting favorite in this one on the betting side. When you look over the DraftKings side of the equation here, eighty eight hundred for Marina Rodriguez, seventy four hundred for Amanda Lemos. Both these fighters ranked 
in the top 10 at 115 pounds. Maria Rodriguez, number three. She believes she's fighting for a title shot here, which I don't disagree with her in that one. Um, she's 6-1-2 and two in the UFC. Her only loss coming against Carla Sparza. Uh, of course, since that loss to Carla, she's won four in a row. Now, her last three wins have come via decision. That's where this argument, I think, is going to come up between me and Pete of how each of us see this one. Uh, going down there, of course, uh, on the other side, Amanda Lamo, she is 6-2 and two, uh, in the UFC. Her losses against Leslie Smith and Jessica Andrade. Uh, she is coming off a second-round submission against Michelle. Waterson here. Um, she did get to Vegas a little late this week, Pete, because of uh, I'm, I'm not up to tune on Brazilian politics, but uh, basically what I saw from Guillermo Cruz MMA fighting is uh, so basically truckers had um, barricaded the streets so uh, multiple Brazilian fighters couldn't even get to the airport. Yeah, Man you Lemos, said. Yeah, Man Lemos got to Las Vegas yesterday afternoon. Uh, Paul Viana's got there as well. Yeah, I, I text Pete. I'm like, hey, man, just kind of let you know this is going on. And Pete's like, bro, let's go to Brazil. I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. I'm not up on Brazilian politics. Yeah, bro, you sent me that. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? Because, A, I really don't watch the news. Never mind. You know, I'm not too involved in international news. Um, you know, if it doesn't pop up on Twitter or or something like that for me I, I tend to not really see it um but yeah i mean so that's an interesting wrinkle getting to it's not like she's going and having to get acclimated to a spot with ridiculous elevation like a uh you know let's let's call it colorado or something mm-hmm. you know where um i remember like Cain velasquez when he fought in in mexico or whatnot mm-hmm. and it's like that's a different element when you're having to go get acclimated to elevation and you should get out there early you know Vegas is Vegas. You should still get out to any place you're going to fight relatively, you know, the, the week of that's always been my take. Um, but I'm not going to read, read too much into that other than just like a, an outside stressor for Amanda Lamos, kind of just some, some increased aggravation leading up to a weight cut. Um, I will say that the, the salary is 8,800 for Marina Rodriguez and 7,400 for Amanda Lamos is pretty interesting. I thought the salaries would be a little bit closer. But I do think that a lot of money is coming on uh, Marina Rodriguez's side because of the cardio uh, concerns of Amanda mm-hmm. Lamos and the fact that, uh, you know, the the pace of Marina Rodriguez seems like it could be one to break Amanda Lamos. But I don't know if she gets her out of there. And that's kind of where, like, you and I are, are slightly differing here. And Sean V in the chat. Sean, me and you are on the same page here. Cardi wishes for a man, yep. Lamos, and, and Sean riding. She probably has got to get a stoppage in the first couple of rounds. And I totally agree with that. I think if this fight hits the fourth round, I think it is advantage Maria Rodriguez. Now, if you're in the corner of man, Lamos, and you've been preparing her for this matchup, I got to think the thought process is let's try to work the takedown. Let's try to get this fight to the ground as opposed to having a stand-up striking matchup against Maria Rodriguez. We've seen what Amanda Lemos can do on the feet. However, outside the Angela Hill fight, in terms of, of what she's done, it's against fighters who just aren't in the UFC anymore. So, Mike, you know, I don't mind getting to a man Lemos as a, you know, under 8,000 salary fire because of potential GPP upside. But overall, I think it's a Maria Rodriguez win, and I like her to finish this fight at Ooh. some point. That's why I like the under 22 and a half fight time minutes over on Price Picks with Maria Rodriguez. Okay. I, I can see where you're kind of backing that point. Um, I like Marina Rodriguez in the matchup. I do think that the volume, the skills, 
the takedown defense, just everything. She seems to be the more complete MMA fighter. My big concern with Marina Rodriguez, as evidenced in some of her previous performances, is if she gets taken down and just is controlled on the mat. Now, if I'm a part of Amanda Lamish's corner and camp, that is a strategy where we are strong, we are physical, we're going to have great offensive success because Amanda Lamosh has the skills to beat anybody in this division if she can land that knockout punch. Um, but the knockout punch is going to be hard to come by, and you're not always going to be able to pick up nice submissions over Michelle Waterson. Um, you know, like I think that Marina Rodriguez has the skills and defensive skills to test Lamosh and make this a grueling performance. The one thing for fighting in five rounds, and this is like complete obvious. If people can bank rounds and slightly win out by getting a takedown and edge you out and they like, let's say Amanda Lamos can just get three rounds. That's a, that's a tough task, but if she can, and she can hold on for dear life, maybe she can squeak this one out. So I'm not going to eliminate exposure for Amanda Lamos. The most likely outcome for a Lamos victory is an early round one or two stoppage because of the power. I don't think that she can keep up with the volume in a three round fight against Mizuki Inoue through, uh, 129 significant strikes um, and a split decision over Angela Hill through 114 to kind of compare that to Marina Rodriguez in a three round bout. Uh, Marina Rodriguez lost uh, in a draw against Cynthia Calvillo through 140. Um, Tisha Torres, 167. So slightly more output for Marina Rodriguez, less power. So I'm going to be siding with Marina Rodriguez. I think the five rounds truly benefits her. If this was a three round fight, I think the line would be a little bit closer, but, uh, Give me my, uh, Marina Rodriguez to win a decision here over Amanda Lemos. Yeah, I mean, to me, it would be from um, a, a DFS perspective, it'd be probably more of a cash game play from Marina Rodriguez than it would be, um, you know, from a GPP aspect. But I understand why people may want to get there. Let's move over to the co-main event. You got Neil Magny taking on Daniel Rodriguez, 8,400 for Neil Magny, 7,800 for Daniel Rodriguez in this one. Of course, just like any Neil Magny matchup, I think we talk about the reach advantage that he's going to have, six-inch reach advantage uh, in this one. But, uh, you know, when I was pulling some stats uh, between these two guys, the things that, that really stick out to you, of course, Neil Magny, veteran of the UFC, great way to, to describe Neil, significant strikes per minute. Rodriguez, 7.75, 3.59 for Neil Magny. Now, on the uh, turn side of this, takedown average per 15 minutes, 2.31 for Neil Magny, 0.72 for Rodriguez. Now, this matchup was supposed to take place a, a little bit earlier last month. However, Rodriguez pulled out of the matchup. And, of course, last time we saw Neil Magny, he suffered a submission loss there to Rock Monoff. Uh, Rodriguez has won three in, four in a row, and three of those coming via decision. And, and overall, my general thought, Pete, is I think this is probably going to be a fifth 15-minute matchup, I, I give a slight edge to Daniel Rodriguez in this one. I just don't know from a, a fantasy upside perspective if this is a fight that I really want to get to. Yeah, so I, I think that the ceiling could be slightly capped here. I didn't score the previous fight for Daniel Rodriguez. I thought Li Jing Liang did enough to win. Um, granted, I was half watching at work, but it feels like that was the consensus where a lot of people uh, you know, favored Jing Liang in that bout and thought that he should have been the rightful winner. Um, as far as the salary, Daniel Rodriguez is going to be a pretty popular play and I'm going to get to him plenty because, you know, 19 and eight for Neil Magny overall in the UFC, but it seems like some of his best days are left in 2014, 2015, when he was on that hell of a run. Yeah. Um, he's always had an Achilles heel when it comes to submission defeats and absorbing damaging strikes. 
Now, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov is one of the biggest prospects in the sport. So I don't really hold that defeat with too much, uh, too much against him. I, I think the split decision over Max Griffin and the decision against Jeff Neal goes to show you that the skills are still there for Neil Magny. It's not like his skills have completely diminished. Um, it comes down to, you know, not getting, not getting put in a terrible position on the mat and getting, you know, put into a choke, which tends to be a deficiency within his game in absorbing big shots. How does he absorb big shots or how does he avoid getting hit with those big shots? He tends to look to grapple more so than you would think. Uh, Neil, Neil Magny likes to get takedowns and get top control. I mean, against Max Griffin, he attempted nine takedowns, was only successful with one. Against Jeff Neal, he attempted 10 and was only successful against two. My issue with him going in the takedown department against a guy in Daniel Rodriguez is the submission skills of Daniel Rodriguez, where like, you know, yes, you can, you can possibly take him to takedown city, especially because of your large frame. But when he hits the mat, there are some sequences where I, I see an opening for Daniel Rodriguez to, you know, throw up a, a Hail Mary submission or just catch him because of, uh, you know, Neil Magny's jujitsu is not the best. His striking and long range striking is great. And his offensive takedowns are pretty good and pretty solid. So I think the takedowns will be enough to win two rounds against Daniel Rodriguez. But in 2022, I don't really trust Magny as much as I used to. Um, he's put out great game plans to beat Johnny Hendricks, great game plans to, to beat um, my boy and uh, Kelvin Gastelum. So, you know, we've seen great performances from Magny, but this is a guy on the upward trajectory and Daniel Rodriguez against a, you know, a staple gatekeeper within the welterweight division. So I'm picking Magny, but my exposure is going to be uh, dependent on what the, the field does. So uh, I'm not hating on Daniel Rodriguez at all as an underdog call. And Sean, to answer your question about how D-Rod has fared yeah. over on DraftKings. So his last matchup against Jaleen, three-round decision, he scored 65.4 points. Prior to that, scored 87.8 against Lee, 108.5 against Parsons, 84.8 against Perry. Uh, the decision loss against Dalby, 38.8. So, I mean, he has scored well. Um, it, it's just, it, this is one of those fights that I think is likely going to go 15 minutes. And, you know, and I mentioned about the top fire tool, which is a tool that I absolutely love to look at as I'm developing my lineups. And the thing that I have highlighted on this fight is we're seeing a decent size ownership over four Daniel Rodriguez, but it's just not matching up in terms of the top six percentage. You know, right, right now we're projecting at 41% ownership, but it's top six. We got him at 22%. Like that's just a number that, that scares me. Like, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to get that high on Daniel Rodriguez just because I think it's a 15 minute fight and that there's other fights that I want to attack. Like a fight that I feel like we're going to have to attack here, Pete, this week, you don't feel good about it. Because it is, when you talk about low-level UFC heavyweights, here we go. Chase Sherman and Josh Parisian, your favorite salary, 8200 and 8000 Chase mm -hmm. Sherman uh, is your 8200 I, I I know you can't wait to break this one down. I mean, look, I it's it. – th this is the question. Like, if you're Josh Parisian, the mindset has to be, has to be, mm -hmm. let's take this fight to the ground. I just don't think he will. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'll tell you what my two least favorite things for uh, MMA DFS is heavyweights at the 8,200, 8,000 salary <laughs> and women's MMA at 8,200, 8,000 salary. So what do you know? Most often, most cards, we have one of those. So uh, I, I will say that heavyweight is extremely volatile. And from 
you know, fight to fight, you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, I think that there is a clear hole in Chase Sherman's ground game, as we have seen in his defeats. I think Josh Parisian will attempt takedowns. He, he attempted seven against Rookie Martinez, only landed one, attempted two against Dante Mays, was inefficient and, and didn't get any one of those. Uh, against Alain Badeau, who is not UFC level, uh, he attempted four and landed three. If he doesn't get those takedowns, I think that he gets beat, beaten up by Chase Sherman. Um, if Chase Sherman can defend any, I like him to win this stand-up fight. I, I have seen him defend takedowns in the past. He defended seven against Parker Porter. I don't really want to hold the uh, the Romanov quick defeat against him because Romanov is going to do that to a lot of people within the division. And I will side with Chase Sherman in this bout because of the camp Cha- uh, training at Killcliffe FC. It can't get worse, right? Like it, it can't get worse than what we have seen from Chase Sherman. I would like to think that there's some room for development and, you know, working with Greg Jones and all those big guys down there in Florida that, you know, your takedown defense is going to improve. I would like to imagine, especially when you know, everybody's going to look to take you down. Just focus on that because I do think the, the, the striking of Chase Sherman is going to be enough to just, you know, get rid of Parisian. Um, but as far as like faith and planting a flag, I'm not planting a flag on this matchup. I'm just going to pick the, the more experienced guy within the UFC, despite having a four and nine record under the label in Chase Sherman at 8,200 to pull off the victory. So you don't like that prop bet of Chase Sherman wins via decision plus 350. I'm, I don't hate it because like, what was it last week? We had Jared Bandera and, um, the guy from Cuba or whatever his name was, um, Cortez Acosta. Yes. Cortez Acosta. You know, that was the other side of heavyweight MMA where it's a sloppy 15 minute decision. I like Sherman to win the bout. Um, I might not prop prop at this one too much because Parisian, he had, he was knocked out in a third round against Dante Mays, but, um, up until that and throughout his career, he's been decently durable. I'm just picking, picking Sherman to win the bout and I'll close my eyes. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's more about looking at the durability of Josh Parisian in this one. I mean, like, look, like, if you're going to be a Josh Parisian backer in this matchup, the thought process has to be he's going to take the fight to the ground. If you, you know, or not just take the fight to the ground, I think he needs to wear on Chase Sherman. And what I mean by that is push this fight up against the fence, use your your weight to your advantage to try to wear down a little chase Sherman here. But overall, like, unfortunately, I think it's a, it's a fight that we have to kind of prioritize just because it is heavyweight MMA. Yeah. But, uh, you, you don't feel good about it on either side to place a bet on these fights. You got to check out our friends over at bet MGM as they've got a great offer going on right now, as you can get two free months of stochastic plus platinum and up to a 1000 risk-free bet. When you sign up, make a deposit and make your first paid wager at bet MGM. Of course, to take advantage of this great promotion that's going on, just create a free stochastic membership or log in. If you already have a stochastic.com account, click, the BetMGM button that appears after registering or logging in, then complete the necessary steps with BetMGM, which is creating a 
BetMGM Sportsbook account. Deposit at least $10. Make your first paid bet. And of course, you must bet to sell your to qualify for that Socastic subscription. Once you've completed all these steps, you'll receive an email from BetMGM Sportsbook with instructions for redeeming your free two months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Great offer they got over there at BetMGM. Was just looking over there at BetMGM plus 350. Sherman wins uh, via decision. Maybe if there was a little, I think if there was a little better money to take that over one and a half rounds, I think that's another one that I would be looking at over there. So be sure to check out the great offer that our friends over at BetMGM have for you right now. Let's move over to the ma- next matchup. You got Ulan Bekdov taking on Manis. 8,600 for Ulan Bekdov. 7,600 for Nate Manis. Pete, what's your thoughts? My thoughts are, is this really off flyweight? Is Manis really going yes. on the flyweight? Yes. Okay, so this this pick is going to be completely dependent on how Manus looks on the scale. Um, he is going to be a monster for the flyweight division if he looks good. He has been strong and sneaky, sneaky good for the the bantamweight division. Um, and I, I've openly stated how I don't think Manus is good, but he has proven me wrong time and time again. That you know the performance against Umar Nurmagomedov, my favorite fighter within that stable. I'm not going to hold that against him. I think that Umar has the highest ceiling of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't really think that he won the Johnny Munoz fight. That's an old fight, but he he, def- he defended 14 takedowns in that one. The Luke Sanders one was a crazy fight. Um, and the Tony Gravely fight. Like, this guy's in some action-packed fights. You might have to prioritize this one. if When it comes down to the, the wrestling exchanges and just the clinch, Ulan Bekov might not have as much success as he's used to. And Ulan Bekov is a guy, a part of the Habib stable that I think is the worst one. Like I, I, I do not think that he is the best um, by any means. And he's priced pretty favorably over Nate Manus. I think this fight is closer. Obviously it's dependent on how Manus looks on the scale. Uh, man, I, I'm really torn on this because we have seen Ulan Bekov you know, get a decision win over Bruno Silva, who's really talented, um, a split decision over Alan Nascimento, where he scored 92. He landed four or five takedowns. If he doesn't land those takedowns, I'm not sure if he wins. So like, you know, like the fight against Tim Elliott, when he struggled to get him down, went two of 10 in the takedown department through 186 significant strikes. He ended up losing that fight, still scored 59 points. I'm torn, Jason. I really don't know which way to go because of Manus significantly dropping down in weight. And I, I'm open with you guys. This is a fight from a betting perspective. I would stay away from, from a DFS perspective. I would probably get exposure to both sides. And how could I not like Nate Manus if he's going and dropping down a weight class, his durability has been in question, but I don't think that Tagir Ulan-Bekov is all that skilled to be honest, outside of his wrestling. So I will probably be a little bit more aggressive on Nate Manus than to gear Ulan Bekov. And I hate saying that I really do. I mean, I think there has to be a little bit of an asterisk next to Nate in terms of, we haven't seen what he looks like on the scale. I mean, that's mm-hmm. good. If he steps on the scale tomorrow and he just looks great. Okay. I could see him being one of my favorite eight under 8,000 options because you know, Ulan Bekov, I'm just not big on him. And I, I think you brought up some great points uh, of that camp there. You know, can he score takedowns? I mean, we, we've seen his ability to score takedowns. But, yeah, Tim Elliott fight, I think, is one of those fights that you just don't forget over there. I mean, you know, last week, you know, we were we were sitting here going, man, don't really love a lot of these underdogs. Of course, it ended up being a big underdog week Crazy. last week. 
Um, you know, even though I saw someone in the comments was like, Hey, can y'all not mention that live for life yeah. again? <laughs> Some weeks are going to be like that, right? Like, um, you know, I, you're going to be wrong on, on, on some fights. It's just how it is. This is a crazy sport. Um, last week, more underdogs came through than how I expected. This week, I just think it's interesting where you have Nate Manis going up against one of the best prospects in Umar Nurmagomedov to now fighting a guy back-to-back within that same camp. Obviously, the camp will have some some inside knowledge and Umar be able to, to kind of coach to gear Ulan Bekov throughout camp and tell him what they, you know, how Manus felt in certain situations. But like, usually when that happens, the guy who's trying to replicate the first performance struggles very, very often. The, the guy who's already fought the tougher guy in Umar Nurmagomedov, Nate Manus might show out here. So give me 7,600 Nate Manus. And I hate saying it. And it could be a false insecure, a security for, for Ulan Bechtoff just because of, hey, my teammate did well against Nate, so I and I do well against my teammate in the training room. I mean, right. I mean, how many times? I mean, I can't tell you how many times you you hear things from inside the training room, and then we get the fight night, and it just doesn't play out that way. Yeah, so it's you know inside the training room comes down to being comfortable with your your you know, sparring partners and all that. So, you know, you pick up on tendencies and all that, but uh, when you're going up against somebody fresh who you don't know with, when all the chips are on, you know, in front of you under the lights, all the pressure's on, it's a little bit different. So I think that, you know, Umar Nurmagomedov fighting against Nate Manus has prepared Nate Manus to fight to get Ulan Bekoff. Uh, let's move over to the next matchup. That's a matchup that I'm looking forward to here. Grant Dawson taking on Mark O'Matson. 9,000 for Grant Dawson. 7,200 for Mark Matson. When, when I think about these guys, Pete, I think of the ability to grapple. When you look at the statistics, it, it really paints that picture. I also have cardio questions on both sides of the equation in this. Sure one. do. Like, if this thing gets to the third round, like, I think of Grant's fight against um, Ricky Glenn where Dawson looks great round one, round two, and then there is just nothing left than tank in round three. And Glenn 10-8s him in the third round. And if we were playing by pride rules, Glenn would have got the victory because he absolutely just steamrolled him in, in the third round. Marco Matson, obviously a high uh, grappling perspective here. Uh, the one in terms of statistics of these guys that does stick out to me is the takedown accuracy where it is, while it's only 34% for Grant Dawson, it's 66% for Mark Matson. It's from a fight aspect. I really like this fight, but I just there is a lot of concerns I have if this fight hits the third round. Yeah, 100%. Cardio concerns on both sides. Um, Grant Dawson kind of putting himself in a hole in some of his matchups. You think about the, the Ricky Glenn fight. You also think about the Leonardo Santos fight. Obviously, he came back in the third round and, you know, within one second of the fight being over, landed a knockout. So um, it, it was kind of crazy. The Jared Gordon fight against my buddy, um, he looked good in that one. And when he can land takedowns and employ his submission game, he's phenomenal. He went 7 of 17 against Jared Gordon. And in almost every single fight, he's attempted 10-plus takedowns, 11 against Arosa, 10 against Trezano, 13 against Santos, 11 against Glenn, 17 against Gordon. Having success with the, with those takedowns is going to be the tough part here against Marco Madsen, who is a, an Olympian. Um, I do think that as far as who's better, who's the better MMA fighter, I think that it's Grant Dawson. And this is the sport of MMA. 
who has the, the better submission skills, it's Grant Dawson. Um, Mark Madsen is a guy that has a big right hand and has some good offensive takedowns. The Clay Guido one is, is a clear performance where you show how li- it showed how limited he can be. Um, when you can't get the takedown, he only attempted one takedown in that fight, kept it primarily on the feet, threw 192 significant strikes, landed only 98 in a split decision, scored 71. So uh, I'm going to pick the guy who pushes the crazy pace. He might gas himself out in the process, but uh, giving Grant Dawson at 9,000, not really like planting my flag on this fight. But if you go back and you look at his box scores, 106, 104, 100, 92, 89, in a draw of 49 and 123 seems like the highest upside on the slate, but I do think that his upside is somewhat capped against Mark Madsen. So Grant Dawson, with all that being said, I don't love the 9,000 price tag on DraftKings because like my thought is like, and you bring up great points about the, the takedown potential of, of he's going to go for takedowns. But the problem is you got a guy standing across the cage from you that I believe can stop those takedowns. And so like it, it becomes that that my, that game theory mindset of okay, if Grant Dawson can't get the takedowns, what's my path to 100 points? Yeah, the path is limited. Um though the one thing I will say is that Grant Dawson, I loved him when he was a part of Glory MMA. Now that he's a part of American Top Team, obviously you have a uh, variety of different training partners some with extreme levels of wrestling, extreme levels of jujitsu, more bodies and more high level bodies. Right. And you, you do have a very strong wrestling room, um, a part of that camp. So I'm sure that he's working with people with, uh, similar wrestling defensive skills to a Mark Madsen, uh, when all, you know, under the lights, it's going to be a different thing. Who's the better striker of the two. I would say that Madsen has the more power, but the volume edge would have to go to Grant Dawson where he, he just throws a lot to get you worried about the strikes to then uh, open up a window for a, a takedown. So, I mean, they're both really talented. 6-0-1 in the UFC for Grant Dawson, 4-0 for Mark Madsen. Hell of a fight. Line should be closer. I thought Mark uh, Grant Dawson should be like 86, 8,700. Um, if he doesn't get the takedowns, this could be his first fight. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? you can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Well, not his first fight. In the Leonardo Santos fight, when he was down two rounds, he's only scored 89. I think we could see something similar to that, even though he picks up a win here. Yeah, Mark Madsen, for people who did not check out his uh, his talk with the media yesterday, uh, let's just say him and Chakar Close are not BFFs. So I would imagine that Marco Madsen probably going to call Chakar Close. Or I don't know, maybe, maybe Dana White says, hey, Mark, you want to do a little slap fighting championships? I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Um, you don't know. You have not heard what slap fighting championships is. So Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta are starting a promotion. It's called I, Slap yeah, Fighting Championship. That's a circus. What are we doing? Oh, come on. Kid. <laughs> come yeah. on. You, you guys like me. that? You like that? I I may have been known to watch some of that stuff on Facebook and, and TikTok. I'm I may be known to do that. Yeah, you're you've also seen bare knuckle or have watched bare knuckle right like i've refused to watch bare knuckle i will god who was i talking to the other day oh god damn it who was i talking to they, they were like i would not oh common worthy common worthy is like yeah i would not do bare knuckle he's, he's, he's gonna do boxing but not bare knuckle yeah the bare knuckle is bad for his style with how much damage he's taken um I'm but i mean like we don't get no <laughs> stuff <laughs> like, like i would say this like why do i feel like if there was a senior division of slap fighting championship, PC you already know my dad's in it. PC yeah. would be like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. My dad's a monster. You already know my dad would 100% do that even at his age right now. Cause he used to do like, he used to compete all the time and kickboxing and all that stuff, martial arts competitions. And then you also do it. You used to do a ton of arm wrestling. He's a monster with arm wrestling. So like, I can only imagine like I, even right now I go to arm wrestle and I get destroyed, not even close. So uh, it's quite pathetic how I can't even like match a 71 year old, 72 year old dad. It, it's it's kind of crazy. It's because you're taking light on. I know. I I'm know. really not. I'm trying my <laughs> damn hardest. I could literally use my two arms. This guy's bones are double. Like when I tell you, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know where I got my height from mailman. I don't know who the hell it was, but I will say that like, wow. I will say the, the uh the strength of my dad and his bones like it's ridiculous he's got that old man strength he's a badass for sure i'm telling you right now we will see ufc fighters in slap fighting championship guarantee it's it. dumb dude it's so dumb i'd much rather watch grappling slap fighting you stand there you hold the hold the table you slap each other what are we doing i don't know <laughs> i i'm not i'm now now tyler i gotta get pete in slap fighting championship Get me paid. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, 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 get you paid. How now much could they foreign. possibly, how much could they possibly make Jason? Like, come on. What? A thousand dollars. I have no, thousand no dollars to slap each other in the face. That's so dumb. I bet it's more. I bet it's more. You think it's a lot. I don't think it's a lot, but I think, I think it's, it's pretty similar dollars. to what arm wrestling competition is. Uh, uh, those guys breaking the bank. I would imagine they're I, not. I think Dana and Lorenzo being involved, the pay will be a little higher than that. Ping pong, like who who gets paid more, ping pong players or slap fighters? I'm gonna go with or cornhole players. Man, I don't know who. Yeah, who gets? I bet you. Yeah, the, the answer, Ross, is the ring girls make more than all of them. So, uh, no, know, that, that's, shout, that's, shout out to the ring girls, I guess. Yes, yes, ring girls do. Uh, they, they do. Uh, Take home a nice direct deposit after the fights are over. Of course, this is the strategy show. We're getting you ready for UFC Vegas 764. And we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Of course, they got their daily prop-based contest over there. And of course, click the link in the video description below and sign up over at Prize Picks and make your first deposit. And you can get one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum when you make a any instant uh 
instant match deposit up to $100 when you sign up to make a deposit at Prize Picks. So, you know, typically I try to find about a five pack. Uh, really struggled this week, Pete. I think these lines are pretty good over at Prize Picks this week, but there were three that stuck out to me. Uh, significant strikes on Chase Sherman at 45 and a half. I like the over right there just because yeah. I, I, I do think that this is going to um, go over one and a half rounds. And yeah, I think I, Chase Sherman can, can easily hit that number. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's a good number. Um, uh, he smashed that and almost, you know, in, in all the fights that he didn't get finished in round one, he smashed that. Yeah, so that's a great exactly. line. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a volume puncher. That's that's who he is. Uh, the other two I like, I'm going over to the fight time. Uh, Maria Rodriguez, I missed this one. It's at 22 and a half. This may be a number you might get better later on in the week. Than where it is right now, but I I do lean the under twenty two and a half just because I have questions about the cardio of a man Lamos being able to you know make it deep into the fifth round. The other one in the fight time that I really like, I like the under twelve and a half minutes on Miranda Maverick. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, she's beaten her in the past. I think she's gonna beat her again. Yeah. I, I really like that one. Um, as far as the main event, if it came to like twenty four and a half, granted you're basically just betting on it finishing inside the yeah. distance. I that's where you could maybe talk me into that, Jason. The 22 and a half is a little tough for me, but uh, I can see it. Yeah, of course. Be sure to check out our friends over at Prize Pick. The, click the link in the description below to get one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $100 deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit with Prize Picks. Of course, uh, I'm on Prize Picks pretty much on the nightly basis. Look at those NBA props. And uh, of course, you got to love their cross sports entries where you maybe you can team up some MMA with some NBA, other things going on, NFL, college football. They've got you covered over there at Prize Picks. So be sure to check out our friends over at Prize Picks as they are the sponsor of this show. Let's move over to the next matchup. We got uh, Derek Menner uh, coming in here as the underdog at 7,300, taking on Shia Lynn at 8,900. Derek Menner, like, it's it, he's boom bust. Like, that's about the best way I would put Derek Menner. Um, he's hunting for that neck. Like, if, if Derek Menner is staying across the cage from Pete, I'd be looking at Pete going, hey, Pete, duck that neck, man. He's coming for it because yeah. he does have a nasty guillotine. He's nasty. He's nasty in his submission skills. Um, he's he might be one of the best boom plays on the slate. Um, but that boom also comes with a high bust percentage mm-hmm. as well. So uh, I will say that the the salaries represent a, they're a little too wide for my liking. Um, I do think that Shailen Nurmagomedov is the more consistent of the two, and he's pretty strong. His striking's okay. He hits pretty hard. Has good wrestling takedowns and good top control, but. When he goes to the takedown well, he attempted two. Uh, he landed two of 14 takedowns against Joshua Kulaba and lost the decision. Uh, um, went four of eight in the takedown department against Sean Soriano, three of six against TJ Brown. When he gets it, finally, he's able to get a ton of control time and he's heavy on top. Um, also knocked down TJ Brown in that bout. I do worry if he goes the takedown route, he will get submitted against Derek Minner. Um, the fact that Derek Minner made a career on submitting people or getting submitted or finished um, regionally, I think is crazy because when he does not get submitted against Ryan Hall, that shows that he has improved dramatically, like improved dramatically. And I really like him a part of glory MMA and fitness. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick Derek Minner here to, to upset Shailan Nurnabekwa. But this is a fight that I will be making a group and prioritizing. I think we need one of these guys. It's either going to be Shailan take down tons of top control with a possible route to a finish or a Derek Minner 
um, surprising everybody with a, uh, you know, takedowns or a submission finish. So uh, uh, give, give me Derek Minner as my first big underdog risky play of the week. First round upside for me, for Derek Minner. For sure. If if this fight gets out of the first round, a little worried there. By the way, did you just hear that jet come over my house? Yeah, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was just like, I'm just going to keep talking. If we lost the stream, we lost the stream. I didn't know what Tyler was watching over there. But it clear, it, apparently it was Jason. So uh. yeah, I, I live right by the Air Force Base. So yeah, that, that's a fire jet that just went over. Because I, as you're talking, I see Tyler's reaction. I go, "Well, clearly that hit the microphone." No, oh, yeah, I wanted to hit the microphone. <laughs> I, I just kept going. Uh, but yeah, so so this fight, Jason, is one where I'm going to be making a group. So if you are part of uh, are a part of Stochastic.FantasyCruncher.com, highly suggest making a group. I think you're going to need a one of these guys. Going to be a big score. Um, Shailan, 8,900. Derek Minner, 7,300. Seems like fantasy points galore to me, so I'm all about it. Yeah, my, my concern with Minner is just if he can't get that stoppage in the first round, but also do have concerns if Shailan takes his fight to the ground as he kind of leave that neck open and give Derek Minner that opportunity. Next up, we got a female matchup. It's a rematch. Of course, the uh, first time this fight took place was in Invicta. Ram Maverick getting a first-round submission victory here. She's 9,400. 6,800 for Shane Young. When this matchup was, I was, it was, this is one of those matchups I was like, why are we running this one back? <laughs> the only the only thing I can think of, Pete, is they're they're you know saying Miranda, we're giving you a, a, yes. a you know a a, a tune up fight. One hundred percent. So like, you know, Shane Young, we're gonna reward you with a win over Gina Mazzani with uh, let's go with Miranda Maverick. Um, how does that sound? Uh, right. yeah, <laughs> you know, naturally, any fighter that's lost to somebody wants to get that one back. I don't think that this is going to go any other way. I think that I still believe in Miranda Maverick. She was the the hotness when she broke into the UFC. Some people may not be believers since she lost a split to Macy Barber and the decision, uh, unanimous decision to Aaron Blanchfield, my girl. But I will say that I still view I still view Miranda Maverick as a contender for the next five years. I, I do not expect her to be outside the promotion. I think she's going to be within the rankings for a long time to come. Skills in all areas, um, you know, very damaging striker, sneaky sneaky takedown artist. Good submission skills as evidence in the Sabina Mazo performance. Uh, I don't think that Shannon Young, outside of being physical for, for moments in the Gina Mazzani fight, is all that talented. And when, when you go to go up against somebody who's going to push at tremendous pace, that Shannon Young can kind of come out like an amateur. And what I mean by that is amateur pacing is different than pro pacing, where amateurs think that every fight has to end in the first round. I kind of view Shannon Young with that volatility where she's going to come out like crazy trying to, you know, catch a cold. Um, that could lead to a significant stoppage and points galore for uh, Miranda Maverick, who I think is one of the best plays on the slate. And even though it's women's MMA 9,400, I'm still a believer in Miranda Maverick today and every day going forward. So uh, give me her despite the salary. You know, I, I've spoken to amateur fighters and it seems like it's one way or the other in terms of that philosophy, though. Like there's some it seems like they're like, no, nah, I'm, I'm trying to get as much cage time as I can. Yeah, they all think that and they all say that the issue is the nerves, the nerves take over and the adrenaline takes over and the fight starts. And next thing you know, you feel like it's life or death and you got to go out there and you're putting everything you're, you're throwing punches 400 times harder than you ever have in practice and you're gassed <laughs> by round two and you're doing everything with with you know bad intentions trying to kill that person and instead of thinking of it as a sport taking your time 
that's, that's where the pacing and just being a veteran in the sport can actually start to, to help you. And, and that's why you, you know, you need that cage time. Cage time is important. So if you have a tough matchup and you get stretched out to the second or third round, that's fine. That's, that's actually a good thing. It's going to be, be uh, beneficial for your development. And, and to me, in terms of this fight card, Miranda Maverick may be my most confident pick. Yeah, I like Miranda Maverick a lot. Um, as far as most confident, I actually really like some of these uh, early fights. The, the first couple fights I'm pretty confident in, okay. but yeah, right. I would agree with you. We'll get into those fights here. We'll work our way down the fight card. Next up, we got Mario Batista taking on Benito Lopez. 9,100 for Mario Batista. 7,100 for Benito Lopez. Uh, Benito hasn't fought since 2019, yeah. which is a, like, that's red flag. Like, you know, if we're, if we're talking to our, our single people out there, that's not me and you, but our single folks out there, you know, there's red flags out there. Uh, it's someone you might potentially date. Um, red flag on Benito Lopez, the fact that we haven't seen this guy in three years. All right, so... Let, let me ask you a question. I haven't been in the cage in almost three years, maybe three years now. Is that a red flag or is that a red, like, is every situation equal? Because you, you actually know my situation of why yes. I haven't been in the cage. So is that a red flag to you? It's a case by case basis. Okay. Okay. So we really don't know. I would say majority of the time it is cage time and being acclimated. I would agree with you. Like, that's probably what you're going to say, right? Like, but like, it, but it also comes down to like, okay. I know what's going on and and you're in the gym on the daily. You know, the question is, we're talking about this is a a guy who has been in the UFC since 2017 and he's only fought three times in the UFC. You know, that, that to me is like, oh man, I, and I'm very high on Mario. I think Mario Batista is a tremendous talent. Um, I mean, this is a guy who stepped up on short notice to get in the UFC to take on Corey Sanhagen. How many yeah. dudes are doing that? Like, to me, I, I love what I see w- with Mario Batista here. Um, it, it's just, like, to me, I, I think this is a Mario Batista fight. Uh, you know, take a sprinkle here and there on Benito Lopez because you kind of want to try to get everywhere um, in, in when you're, you know, having multiple entries. But overall, like, I like Mario, Mario Batista in the spot. Yeah, I just don't know what the hell Benito's been doing. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Like, well, that's a long time um, when you're signed to the best promotion in the sport. So, like, I don't really know what he's been doing. Um, and we have seen him get caught in submissions in the past. Uh, when you're not able, when you're unable to, to get rid of Vince Morales, I think Vince is decent. But I, I do think that Mario Batista is a fighter who's hitting his stride and momentum's a big thing in MMA and most sports, right? Like confidence, like you even see Russell Westbrook the past couple nights, like coming off the bench, like working as that six man, like he's getting that confidence and finally has 
the ability to showcase his skills. And you know what I mean? Like once you start hitting your stride, momentum's a dangerous thing. I think that Mario Batista going out and getting rid of Brian Kelleher in round one is pretty significant. So uh, give me Mario Batista here. I think that he's in a very, very strong spot as long as he doesn't get clipped by something stupid like a flying knee. Yeah. Lakers, that's a bad team. Bad team. Oh, they're so bad. They are bad so team. bad. <laughs> Look, my Magic are a bad team, but ooh, watching Paulo play. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, boy. And we got Joey Rock saying, I heard Bonita has been in real estate. Last time a real estate agent came back for a fight, did not go well. Yeah, it didn't go well for my buddy Ally Quinta. That was, yeah. uh, but that's a, that's a clear case. Okay, like this. That's a perfect example. Bobby Green had a ton of momentum and was acclimated and constantly fighting and fighting mm. and fighting versus a guy who had previous success in momentum, but was coming off a long layoff. So uh, I actually really like that comparison. Thank you, Joey Rock. Um, and it makes me really solidify my pick with Mario Batista. Next up, we got a female matchup. You got Paul Viana, 8,300, taking on Jin Yu Frey at 7,900. Uh, Viana was one of those fighters. Uh, had, did uh, get delayed leaving Brazil to get to, to the United States. Uh, I want to say she, she got to the United States either on Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning. Yeah, I like Jin Yu Frey in the matchup. I don't really like the fight. Um, I think Jin Yu Frey is decent striking, uh, really known as a strong striker, but we haven't really seen it on display. Uh, you know, losing to Vanessa Demopoulos, it's a little worrisome, uh, but a split mm -hmm. decision. Uh, I think that, you know, Jin Yu Frey price as an underdog is interesting because of how long she can be and how tricky she can be on the feet, but also how she can yeah. uh, incorporate her takedowns. And when you're going up against the fighter and Poliana Viana, who just lays on her back more often than not throwing up, you know, arm bar submissions. And she has been successful with them. She has three in the UFC three first round submissions. So uh, against Maya Stevenson, Emily Whitmar, and Mallory Martin, when you're so comfortable with landing that submission and then it doesn't come, now you're losing minutes. So uh, it could happen. Uh, you know, women's R bar from guards, always live for women's MMA. I do think that the coaching staff, a part of Fortis MMA, Jin Frey, is going to have her just, you know, going to have her prepared for all these things. And we could see a very nice performance. And how about Fortis MMA, right? Like, they were, they were hot for a while. And then they kind of had a cold spell as every camp does. And now they're looking like a, you know, a very solid camp. And I think they always will be because Saif Saud. Yeah. Saif Saud, I think is one. Of, uh, I don't know if I should say he's one of the more underrated coach. Cause I think he does get praised, but I think when, when we talk about the best coaches in mixed martial arts, I don't feel like his name gets brought up enough. Yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic coach and, Last week I was wrong about Treshawn Gore because of Saif so uh, Saif so Dude, so like I'm, like I'm I'm watching that fight and my neck hurt seeing oh, was, Josh Frim in that choke. That was nasty, but that's and like then and then he gets dropped like the whiplash. <laughs> oh, Let's yeah. go with the choke. Yeah, that 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 choke was so bad. My father-in-law called me and he's like, "What the heck do you think about that? Like that stoppage and <laughs> what was the ref doing?" I'm like, "That one looked bad and it was bad." But guess what? If it's that bad, tap. You know, like, I know you want to go out on your shield, but like, that was just a nasty joke. And it goes to show you what, you know, a change in coaching staff can, you know, can do to a fighter, whether it's mm -hmm. confidence or just kind of just like bringing those skills out. He looked like the guy that I was believing in all along and that that's what I was expecting after the ultimate fighter. But who knows, man, that's why, you know, the only thing that matters is Saturday. You know, that's the only thing that matters.
Yeah. Uh, next up, I think we talked about uh, potential fires who may go that takedown route. Johnny Munoz has got to be one of those guys that comes into your equation here. 8,700. Uh, Shalane, 7,500 in terms of this one. And of course, yeah, when I, when I think of Johnny Munoz, of what we've seen, not just on the, on the regional tape, but also in the UFC, it's the guy that will threaten with the takedowns. Yeah, he'll threaten with them. Um, he'll threaten with them a lot. And I would imagine when you just get knocked out against Tony Gravely in round one, you're going to look to threaten takedowns more often because, you know, you, you don't know how your chin's going to respond to taking a big shot. Training's different. Fighting's different. Um, he went two of three in the takedown department against Jamie Simmons, two of 16 against Nate Manus, which kind of speaks to Manus's takedown defense. I think that, you know, he's the better grappler of the two as far as uh, Ludovic Shalinian. But I don't think that he's the better wrestler. I think that Ludovic Shalinian is the better wrestler of the two. We will have to see when they get into their exchanges on Saturday. So Shalinian is a guy where I think can dictate where this fight goes. And he has to take down the fence. Debuting against Jack Shore is a horrible, horrible matchup for almost anybody. So uh, give me Ludovic Shalinian. Here's the underdog. But this matchup is one where the guy who gets top control can start to tax the other one, which could lead to a high fantasy points total. So uh, if it, it comes down to who's the better fighter on the feet, I think that Shalinian might be the better of the two as far as just like mm-hmm. being more fundamental. But I think that volume could end up edging out. So uh, a fight where I'll have split exposure, but I guess I'll take the shot on Ludovic Shalinian. Next up, you got Jack Hadley at 9,200, taking on Carlos Candelario at 7,000. Hadley is when we talk about these nine thousand ops this week, he may be the guy that everyone's going to just kind of not look at because of what we've seen so far with him. Yeah, shout out to my boy Carlos Candelario. I, I hope that he gets this together. But whoever's matching Carlos, respectfully, is not doing a good job. I just I don't like it. I, I do not like it. Um, I don't like his debut against Tetsu Tyra, one of the best prospects in the sport, and then following up with Jake Hadley, one of the best you know, international prospects in the sport as well. So like two big prospects with takedown upside. That's not what Carlos, like Carlos wants to go against guys who are jujitsu guys. So his jujitsu can nullify it and negate it. And then he could be the better boxer of the two. You do not want him going up against dominant wrestlers. And Jake Hadley is a very top heavy wrestler. Uh, That wasn't really on display against Alan Nascimento because Alan Nascimento trains with Charles Oliveira and is super, super talented and dangerous everywhere. So he was able to get reversed. Carlos Candelario has jiu-jitsu to make this into a scramble fest, get back to his feet. I think that'll actually increase the, the points for Jake Hadley. Jake Hadley might be one of the best plays on the slate, guys. I, I have to tell you, and he's priced like mm-hmm. it. I'm not really telling you anything. I'm going to be um, backing Jake Hadley a lot from a, a play standpoint, but I'll be rooting for my boy Carlos Candelario. I'll be making a group to get to my boy just because he's my friend. Um, but Jake Hadley, this is a terrible matchup for Carlos Candelario. I hope he proves me wrong. Then the opening fight of the night, a female bantamweight matchup. You got Pascal taking on Vidal. Vidal, 8,500. 7,700 for Pascal. Pascal, of course, when she came into the UFC, came in as a a 45-er, but uh, she's really leaned down to get down to 135 pounds. Yeah, and I think that she's going to win here. Um, She possesses a ridiculous uh, work rate. Uh, in her debut, short notice against Jose and Nunez, attempted 10, 10 takedowns, landed three. Uh, to back that up against uh, Jocelyn Edwards, attempted 11, landed one. I think both of those fighters are better than Tamiris Vidal. And I think that the the weight class and actually having a full camp, a part of Ramona Pascal, 
And she throws with decent volume as well. Vidal, you know, off of her back can be dangerous, dangerous with submissions, but I'm back in Ramona Pascal. And you guys know, I don't like, you know, syndicate MMA fighters too much. Um, I, I just think that Ramona Pascal is going to do it this week. Um, so I'm actually going to be a little bit heavier on underdogs this week, more so than I thought coming into the week. Let's get into our straight up five picks in terms of this one. Uh, main event, I will take the favorite, Marino Rodriguez. Yeah, Marino Rodriguez for me. Uh, I'll go my first underdog, Daniel Rodriguez. Okay, I'm going to go Neil Magny, but I get it. Uh, Chase Sherman. Hate it, Sherman. All right, I, I want to put an asterisk next to this one. Same. Because I want to see what it looks like on the scale, but right now, my pick's Nate Manis, subject to change. Same. Um, this one I kept going back and forth on, but I'll give the edge to Grant Dawson. Same. I think this it should be priced much uh, closer than what it is. Uh, I know you're going to go Derek Minner. I, I, God, he scares the crap out of me. I want to take some shots in GPPs, but from a straight-up pick, uh, I'll go Shyland. Yeah, they both been finished a lot. I'm going Minner, though. Uh, I'll go uh, Moran Maverick. She's she's my most confident pick. Okay, Maverick. Uh, then I'll go Mario Batista. Batista. Uh, give me the favorite in Pauliana Viana. Junior Frey for me. Uh, I think we're going to disagree once again on this one. Give me my guy, Johnny Munoz. Yeah, okay. Um, give me Shalinian. Might be a little bit of uh, betting with the heart as I've had some great, had some great conversations with Johnny Munoz. Yeah, I, I like, <laughs> I really do like Johnny Munoz. Um, yeah. uh, then I will go with uh, Jake Hadley. Jake Hadley. And then I'm with you. I like Ramon Pascal in an underdog role here. I don't understand the salary. I don't understand the odds. Maybe she's got like a blown out knee that Vegas knows that I don't know. But I'm telling you, Ramona Pascal should have been the favorite. So I'm going to take full hey. advantage of it. And I was thinking about this uh, when I was doing my show last night because we were talking about all these uh, injuries in UFC main events this year. I feel like I've been on the wrong side in every single one of these injury main events. Yeah, last week worked out for me, but did not work out for New England. Um, I felt so bad. You know, like Calvin Cater, like you, you just – I feel bad for everybody, especially like when you have these fighters about to break into that title contention, need one win, need two wins, right there. Now you have an injury – uh, like Alexander Rakic, you know what I mean? Like when's the next time we're going to see him? It's going to be a long time. And will I, he ever be the same? I feel just as bad for Arnold Allen because oh, absolutely. you're you, he knew going into that fight of like, Hey man, if I can make a statement, I can solidify myself potentially as the next title challenger after Volkanovsky challenges for the lightweight belt. So like, I, I feel bad for him. I honestly feel awful for, for Calvin. Uh, let's get uh Samuel super chat in here before we get out of here. Uh, top two cash uh, for me. My number one would be Miranda Maverick. Uh, number two in terms of cash. It's gotta be Jake Hadley for me. Uh, I would throw Mari Batista in there as well. I like uh, it. GPPs and underdogs. Uh, GPPs. Uh, Shalinian and Minner. That's the number one GPP yeah. fight that I want. Yeah, that, um, that was. I think that the the Vidal Pascal fight is a GPP want, must, but I'm significantly favoring Ramona Pascal, so I'll say Ramona Pascal. Yeah, I mean, in terms of underdogs, in terms of a, a GPP underdog. Derek Minner would probably be the one I would try to get to more than the others just because of the fancy score upside. Yeah, I mean, think about what he did to TJ Laramie. Laramie's a guy that was supposed to be the next, not the next big thing, but he's super solid. And then he just snatched up that neck and finished him pretty 
pretty easily. So I, I think it, you know, he can easily finish uh Nordon Becca here. Uh favorite inside distance for me would be Miranda Maverick. Ooh, I like that. Good call. Um top dart throw. I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record. It would be Minner at seventy three hundred just because of the you know the ability to get over hundred points. Okay, I'm gonna say dart throw is gonna be uh Mark Madsen. Um yeah. competitive fight, strong wrestler, cheap salary. Leverage play, Jack Jake Hadley. I don't we're get it. Under, we're projecting under ten percent ownership right now. That yeah, that to well, me is a leverage play. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I think optimal plays. I think we've kind of mentioned it there. Shyland Menner, um, Ulan Bechtoff could be an interesting uh, a potential optimal play if he's able to get the takedowns. Um, depending on what does Nate Manis look like on the scale. Um, you, and you mentioned about Vidal and Pascal. Uh, his over under five and a half. I'm saying over. I think there's going to be a lot. Yeah, I like the over there as well. Of course, uh, coming up next it will be the NHL strategy shows. Those guys will get you ready for tonight's NHL slate. Of course, uh, be sure to check out Odd Shopper. Of course, uh, don't forget to check it out. It's got everything you need to make sure you are maximizing your profits. You can shop bets, create your own parlay using our parlay builder and find those opportunities. Of course, most importantly, you can shop best to find the best prices available. Appreciate everyone tuning in here for the MMA Strategy Show. We will talk to you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. A huge thanks goes out to our sponsor, Prize Picks. Talk to you on Saturday. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.